0: Welcome to Love at First Science, the podcast designed to dig deep into neuroscience, the human body, and anatomy. My name is Celeste. I'm a physio, and I teach anatomy to yoga teachers, and this podcast is an archive of the lessons I've learned along the way in my attempt to bring a more science-based approach into the yoga world. Just a quick reminder that I don't run any ads, so this podcast can only grow with your support. If you learn something new that you found useful, please do rate and review the podcast. And if you think the content can help someone get out of pain, improve their life, move without injuries, or even just feel more inspired, please share it with them. It would mean the absolute world to me. And you never know, we just might help elevate our community along the way. Today's guest is Jenna Lesser. Jenna is a real, she's just such a brilliant human being. She wrote to me on Instagram after I posted about bone health and (laughs) I bowed to her greatness because after interviewing her, I realized just how little I knew and me putting up my little bone health post, honestly, I mean, it wasn't completely inaccurate, but listening to her talk about how cells such as osteocytes function inside your bones to make them harder and more resilient. And what we need to do to actually increase their function. It was so humbling. And the reason I really like her is not only is she this brilliant academic human who just totally gets the world of bone health, but she's so brilliant at explaining things. She's also a former gymnast, a dancer, a pole vaulter field hockey player, and she's even completed her 200-hour yoga teacher training. So a lot of respect for her. Very grateful she's come on the show. Let's listen to Jenna Lesser. This episode has been broken up into two parts, and this is part two.
1: Let's say I'm almost 30. Um, if I am uh, lifting 200 pounds, I'm feeling really awesome today. I'm lifting 200 pounds. Um, then in order for, let's say my 90 something year old grandmother to perceive the same amount of strain that I've put on my bones, she may have to lift even more than that, which is, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, It sounds so ridiculous and and honestly unachievable. And there's reasons that this happens. So the first reason is um, your your bones change um, their shape as you get older. So they become more resistant to strain. So what I mean by that is um, when you, let's say um, you have a a piece of wood and we're gonna karate chop this wood and you punch the center of the wood and it it breaks um, in half, the strain was at that point where your fist hit. And so it was compressive on the one side that your fist hit because it went in and tensile on the other side because it burst Mm -hmm. open. Yeah. In, in, um, in an older bone, maybe that the property of that wood or the shape of that wood is different such that Mm -hmm. that same punch is not going to, it's not going to break open the wood because it's totally, it's being totally sensed totally differently. It's, it's innately different. And not only is the do we require more load to create strain in aging but the the strain that is perceived it's not going to stimulate osteoblasts those cells that build bone the same way that it does in a younger person okay so
0: So even if Um, we're lifting heavier and heavier and heavier all the time, there's still going to be some kind of decline. Even if we're really pushing the envelope. Yeah. Sad. I know. I know. Ah, And this is bodies. So (laughs) and this is this is multifactorial
1: in nature, but one of the predominant features of this is as I said earlier, osteoblasts are on demand cells which means that there's a progenitor cell or a precursor cell hanging out waiting to be told to become an osteoblast. And the, our, our ability to, to produce those cells declines with age. We have progenitor cell depletion, and that's uniform for most people across their bodies. So okay. it's it's a really unfortunate feature of aging, but it doesn't mean that we can't do anything about it
0: and also while you were talking I was thinking about you know one of the reasons we practice yoga is of course we've got beautiful shapes and the breathing techniques but I think one of the big things that I always take away from the practice is this idea of Mm non-attachment that everything is in a state of flux and our bodies as well we can't be too attached to them like we love Mm. our bodies and we're grateful for them we care for them but ultimately our bodies are also just going to pass off into the dusty world of the earth
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and and I think this is, this is a really nice segue into, um, a question you had lined up for me about the cycle of
0: frailty. Yes. And I was going to ask you that next. Yeah. Please go ahead. Can you tell us what is the cycle of fragility? Was it fragility? You fragility said a different it's thing. Okay. Same. kind of one in the
1: same. Yeah. Okay. So tell us more about this. Yeah. This is a, this is, um, something that happens with aging and it's really hard to untease because it's a little bit of a, is it the chicken or the egg? And Essentially, when you, most people get older, they have they reduce their physical activity. Reduced physical activity means that you're not building or maintaining your muscle. You're not building and maintaining your bones. And essentially, you reduce your strength, your mobility. And that feeds forward into not being physically active. So when you had asked, um, do we... Uh, do people get weaker with age because they train less or do we train less because we get weaker? The answer is yes, it's both. And so, yeah, so it's both. It's a little bit hard to know for sure which one happens first. And so um, something we, we do know and has been studied is that people lose um, muscle function or contractility. They lose that before they lose muscle mass. So that's a really good indicator that you might be entering the cycle of frailty, um, but essentially your your muscle health and your bone health is so intric- intricately um, weaved together because if you're unable to resist a fall, so if you lose your balance and you can't catch yourself and your bones are weaker because you haven't been doing things to improve your bone mass or you um, haven't been doing things to keep your muscles active to keep you balanced, then you're probably more likely to fracture when you fall. And Mm -hmm. so it's a feed forward mechanism. It's kind of an awful downward spiral, but it does seem like there's a way out by progressively improving your, um, your, your strength and progressively improving the loads that you're putting on your body.
0: Okay. And that variety is obviously at the center of this conversation, right? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. I think
1: um when when we're talking about that w- we can't do the warrior 2 to warrior 3 transition because that's open hip to closed hip and that's scary well then you're not going to challenge your muscles that are designed to keep you balanced you're not challenging them you're you're mm. you're doing yourself a disservice yeah uh, and ultimately Um, You know, if you're in a scenario where you have to catch yourself from falling in that direction, you may not have the muscle strength to do so.
0: Yeah. In fact, now that I'm learning more about the brain, it's also the map right you need to have mm-hmm. the neural map of moving in lots of variety so that if you are in some kind of compromised position where actually your body is at danger whether you're slipping on ice or maybe getting hit by a dog mm-hmm. if you have an internal map of that the chances of you injuring are far less a because yes. you can navigate the challenge but b if you don't have a map the chances of your brain sensing a threat and producing pain as a protective output, even if nothing went wrong with your body, is higher than if you had that map established. Mm -hmm. So yeah, guys, just do it all. Don't be afraid.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and there's so many factors that contribute to the cycle of frailty. So generally speaking, as you get older, there's changes that happen in your body. And this is normal to aging. So it's not, you know, you, know, you have a disease state. It's just stuff that happens as you get older. Your body is less equipped to run as it once did. And yeah. so things that happen are oxidative stress, inflammation, senescence, meaning you can't um, produce the stem cells um, uh, or excuse me, uh, progenitor cell depletion, but then senescence, meaning that the cells that are there don't, are, are kind of becoming really quiet and not doing their job anymore. Mm -hmm. And so all of these things together start to impact the, the cells that reside in this area. When the cells that become impacted, ultimately the physiology changes, right? The contractility of your muscles or the ability to respond to a mechanical load in your
0: bones, all of this becomes impaired. Wow okay so your paper that you sent me listen to this guys how cool is Jenna so I I put a post up and she starts educating me a little bit deeper about how all this works and then she sends me her amazing paper that she wrote on this topic which was so beautifully written guys I'm very dyslexic I struggle with learning and so reading clinical papers has always been hard for me but Jenna's paper was actually readable (laughs) can I share it with people if they dm me Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, it's so good. Everyone really should read it. It should be. Has it been like published in a place where everyone can see it? <laughs> so, Bill yeah. Gold so, signing. I mean, I have
1: access to it, but yeah, that's the really unfortunate thing about um,
0: academia is is most of these papers are behind paywalls. Oh, it's yeah. so annoying. Anyway, I I want more people to read it because it was very good. One of the things you wrote in your paper was an insidious feature of aging is that this exquisitely adapted ability to sense and adapt to a changing mechanical environment begins to unravel in bone and muscle (coughs) excuse me the ability to respond to loading is impaired with increased age so i think we've already sort of covered this but can you just reiterate does this mean that as we get older we need to be really pushing ourselves harder and harder every year no matter how old we are we always need to be doing a little bit more than we did last year
1: yeah, I think you can interpret it that way for sure. I think you could also interpret it in those videos. Um, my my grandma lived at one of these retirement communities where there was like a cable TV channel for like in apartment exercises and they have, you know, pink dumbbells and they're like three pounds. That's not gonna cut it. And I'm not saying it's detrimental. Um, I am saying that all exercise is good but not all exercise is good for your bone health. So um I think that if you if you can push yourself more, if you can at least maybe not push yourself more but um rather resist the urge to draw back then I think that's you're doing really well.
0: Cuz I wow, think when we get powerful. older yeah, yeah we do a lot less. Yeah, I think when we
1: get older, we we don't think we're capable of stuff. Um, and maybe this is super naive of a almost 30 year old to say what are what what can or cannot be done when you're maybe 60 or older. But I think that if we have the confidence to to try and maintain where we're at, we're gonna do ourselves a much better service than simply saying, I can't do
0: this, so it's not worth doing. Hey my loves, real quick, if you are hypermobile, be sure to check out my book, Too Flexible to Feel Good, where my co-author and I share the latest science on how to help a bendy body feel awesome. If you already have the book, please do leave it an Amazon review. It helps more than you could ever know, and it just might help someone else feel a bit more stable in their bodies. The book is called Too Flexible to Feel Good, and you can get it from most online retailers. And also to your credit, Jenna, yes, you are young. Uh, I'm young as well. I'm 10 years older than you, but I'm young. I see myself as quite young. But the thing is, like, this is your field. Like, you've studied this and you've read so much clinical data around this topic. So, you know, yes, you haven't lived in an old body. So I know it's, you know, it comes across as a bit like, oh, what do you know? But to be honest, you do actually know quite a lot. So I, I am inclined to listen to you. And I often do see... There was this one exercise movement which I don't want to name. I can't actually remember the name, but some kind of woman, very famous, all the all the celebrities were subscribing to her, and she was saying women should never lift more than like four kgs. And I was like, "What? Why?" Like, well, there's there's definitely this this
1: opinion or or really bad rumor, maybe what we'll, we'll call it, that you're going to become bulky if you lift heavy
0: weights and it's simply not true Absolutely. it's so not true i mean you need to lift very very heavy we're talking olympic level heaviness
1: yes and even to get there you're probably doing um
0: a little something on the side to assist you we'll say <laughs> and also let's just let's just say let's like that's not even in the conversation these people that are professional athletes that are lifting power lifters at the Olympics level, they have nutritionists behind them that are making them eat food. You could, you don't have the time in the day to prepare the food that these people are consuming to build the muscle mass. And let's just say this as well, you're training heavy weights three times a week. These guys are in the gym eight hours a day. For sure. So you, you will not get bulky. (laughs) It's a lie. (laughs) Don't be afraid to lift heavy amen to that. Okay. So how can we preserve our health bone beyond resistance training? You mentioned diets. Can you give us some foods that would be good to weave into our everyday uh, consumption?
1: Well, I'm not a nutritionist, but what I can say are there elements of food um, that are really important. So things that have calcium in them, your, your bone is made of hydroxyapatite. And this is the crystal structure of your bone, and that has calcium and phosphate. So if you're getting calcium and phosphate in your diet, you're going to do yourself a service. Um, I would say also um, we need to be able to um, add vitamin, vitamin D is not something that you can Eat per se, but you need to be able to, to go out and get some sunshine. Or if you have a problem converting, but you know, vitamin D to the it's active form, then, you know, there's ways to get around that um, with supplements. But uh, I would also say, let's see, what else? I, yeah, I guess just eating health. Generally speaking, is always just good. Whole
0: Foods. Yeah, yeah. I like it that you're not telling us like individual things you have to cut no. out or eat because really just Whole Foods, guys, variety, like all movements should be variety, so should our food. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love that you said that. And then also something I wanted to ask you was about common myths that you see. We've already covered a few. If there's any additional ones that you're like, oh my god, every time I see this on social media, I want to throw my phone in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. <laughs> I guess I,
1: yeah, I definitely covered a couple of them, but when I, when I think of yoga, um, I think of that, like there's certain postures that people think are dangerous, like a, like a headstand and
0: a shoulder <laughs> stand. talk to me about this. I literally had someone on recently that was like, you can never, you know, like, anyway, they were going on about how it's super dangerous. And I was like, Hmm, yeah, <laughs>
1: if you were, if you were, progressive and and in training the musculature needed to support your spine during that headstand and you are activating your um your shoulder girdle and you're supporting your head in a way that um yes there's going to be some pressure you're never going to take that pressure out of your head but i think it's a safe movement to do i think you again once you feel confident and strong that you feel secure there that's key right if you are if you are kicking yourself up into this and you're not really sure what you're doing of course there's going to be a level of risk associated with that but i i personally think that all all of your bones are mechanoresponsive. So they adapt to the forces you put on them. So it may take time for your skull or it may take time for your cervical vertebra to be like, oh, okay, we're, we're going in the opposite direction than we're used to. We're used to being on top and we're not used to bearing a lot of weight. So when you flip this in the other direction, it's going to take time. And I think that, um, you know, y- your body will become adapted to that and and you will change your homeostatic set point eventually to get there oh, yeah. thank you
0: thank you thank you for <laughs> saying that because i didn't want to be rude and i didn't want to be like uh i like totally disagree because what do i know i only know a very tiny slither of what's real and so i like to actually bring in lots of different opinions because we don't want to be in an echo chamber but i also have taught so many people how to do these movements that have now been vilified as dangerous. And people come out of them with this glowing expression like wow i've done this i've achieved it and i do feel like one of the skills that i had in teaching those movements was making it progressive like it's so you know you start with this and then you move on to this and that people make it you can see that it becomes achievable and people can the the cogs start clicking into place how they can make this possible in their bodies and anyway i just love teaching that stuff
1: I was I will say it's one of my favorite things to teach. I get so many students excited about it. And while there are so many so many benefits to yoga, I think that building that confidence and feeling like you've achieved something new, a new shape, you're learning something about your body, you're pushing yourself in a new direction, you're flipping your perspective entirely by getting inverted. I think it's really exciting to see people when they are like, oh my God, that's the first time I got into this little egg shape. And they're so stoked about it. And just being on that journey with people to, to try out new stuff is one of my favorite things.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that. It has given, because you know what also happens, and I'm sure you've had this experience in academia, and maybe even as a yoga teacher, is that like, after you hear someone being really strict about a certain thing that's really bad for everyone, you lie there and you think, wow, maybe maybe I did do the wrong thing for my students all these years like you like i've been teaching for a long time I mean since 2009 so a long long time and I was like all those years of experience suddenly get pushed to the side because someone's big opinion becomes like a part of me and that's a good thing because it shows in some ways humility we're open to learning and questioning ourselves so I I was happy that I did it but also then hearing someone like you, who's in academia, studying something like bone density, which everyone's saying you're going to damage your cervical spine. If you go into a headstand, you're like, no, this, you know, if it's done progressively, I think it can be quite a good thing. I'm like, yes. Oh, it makes me so happy. I mean, it definitely
1: happens in academia. And I also experience it in the yoga world where um, there's, there's even in people who are experts, experts in their field, they're like well-renowned. They've been cited so many times, They have lots of peers who base their research off of preliminary data that this person generated. There's still not necessarily consensus amongst experts. Mm. And we are always learning something new. And so to be resistant to that, to say, I don't believe what the data is telling me, would be foolish. I think that we... We need to to find that, as you said, humility, but also to understand that you made the best choices as a yoga instructor or, at, or as a scientist, you made the best choices with the information you had at that time. Mm. And it's not wrong to have done so, but you need to be willing and open to changing your messaging once you learn something new and mm. being resistant to that or... Um, Or not believing it just because it goes against what you had already done. It can be embarrassing or shameful to feel like, oh, I I spread the wrong message. And ultimately, you did the best you could at that time. So I think that the willingness to, to learn is just
0: the best part yeah i like to stay open to the possibilities i used to be very black and white and rigid in my approach I'm like this is the only way but now i'm like you know what do we know now currently <laughs> with the research that we've got i've kind, of, <laughs> kind of softened up a bit as i've gotten older um so jenna thank you for all your time being here with us today um obviously guys jenna is an academic you know she's not like me that's trying to grow an instagram page to educate other people but she's very kindly opened up her um, instagram handle to anyone with questions her name is Jenna. So a J is the first letter. And then her surname is Lesser, L-E-S-E-R, J Lesser to reach out to her if you have any questions. You can also reach out to me and I can connect you to Jenna if there's something that I can't help you with. Um, but Jenna is there. One thing I ask all my guests before they go is if you had one message for the world and it can be any message <laughs> and we can put it on a big billboard or send everyone a text, what would your message be? My message would be,
1: always always keep moving it's one of those things if you don't use it you lose it and when I was telling my mom she threw in the little adage that motion
0: is lotion so beautiful well listen thank you to your mama and thank you to you you have such a wonderful person to talk to. And it's such a privilege for me to connect with you. I know that you've been in my community, but now we're actually getting to meet. It Mm -hmm. means the world to me. If any of you guys are out there and you know something that I don't and you want to be on Love at First Science, please message me.
1: (laughs) Thank Uh, you so much, Celeste. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with
0: you today. Likewise, my love. Okay, guys, we're over and out. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. That was part two. Next week, we'll be welcoming a new guest. Remember, if this episode was helpful at all, please do share, rate, and review.